What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamal K. Davis here with you. We've got some NBA that I want to get into as we talk about uh, teams that are going up, teams that are going down. Uh, as we look towards the trade deadline, which is also coming up soon. But first, we're going to get to the NFL. And of course, I want to talk about the NFC and AFC Championship. There are a couple of uh, moves with in the coaching ranks also that I want to talk about as well. But as I was preparing and thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the pod, the news dropped. Tom Brady finally calling it quits for the second time. And we'll start with that. As I watch the video that he uh, put on social media this morning. And it was interesting that he was like, look, last time I did the whole like pomp and circumstance, I'm retiring, making it a big deal. And this time he want to just keep it simple and just make it personal. And, and you know, a little bit of, of him alone, as you can see in the video. And you saw when he got a little choked up, um, I didn't get choked up with him, but I felt sad for him. And I felt sad for him because the career that has made Tom Brady, TB12, from the outside looking in, it also took a lot away from him. And what I saw in that video, and I could be 100% wrong. I saw a lonely man on an island that was at a nexus of his life. There was a real sadness to it to be on the beach where he is by himself. And maybe he wasn't really by himself. Maybe his kids were somewhere sleeping when he recorded the video and he was just out for a walk on the beach and was like, you know, I'm just recording this video. I willfully admit that I did not do any further research into why he did this video. And part of me didn't want to because I wanted to just kind of express what I witnessed when I watched it. That what made him Tom Brady also took away his life. If you think about last year after winning the Super Bowl and then saying... Oh no, I want to come back again. He wanted to come back and play again. And they didn't win the Super Bowl. And he said, okay, well now I'm going to quit. And I, as many always wished that he would have quit after he won. I mean, you can't write a better script. I win the Super Bowl and I'm out. And the reason why it's not just a great script for the fact that he won the Super Bowl and if he left then, that'd be the end of it. But he took it to another level from Michael Jordan. If you think about who are at the apex of their careers, they are the best players ever in their team sports. Wayne Gretzky in the NHL, 
Certainly did not win a Stanley Cup in his final season. Michael Jordan in the NBA could have quit while he was ahead, but instead he decided to come back with the Washington Wizards. Definitely did not win an NBA championship with the Washington Wizards. And you had Tom Brady, who, like Gretzky and Jordan, went to play for another team and won it all. As much as there was a talk of whether it was Belichick or Brady who was the better player, or the reason why they won the championship, not the better player, the reason why they won the championship, excuse me. He proved that he was a man. Goes down to Tampa and wins it again when nobody expected him to do that. And so to go to play two more seasons, not win the Super Bowl, have his entire family, you know, going through a divorce, break up his family, and who knows, they may have had problems beforehand. And again, I'm not into the soap opera stuff, so I didn't read and try to get into, ooh, well, why'd they get a divorce and what happened? Bottom line is they got a divorce. And part of that was due to him coming back to playing football. And I saw a sad man there who said he's retiring for good after his 23-year career. He said, Tom Brady said, quote, I know the process was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. He said more, but I'll say in quote. He told the Buccaneers at 6 a.m., I'm hoping it was via fax like Michael Jordan did on the flip side where he said, I'm back. The Bucks, of course, said thank you to number 12. The Glazier family's happy. They say thank you. Robert Kraft, thank you. Casey Phillips, thank you. I had to throw that in there. Now, of course, uh, Fox is already offering him a 10-year, $370 million contract this past summer, and I'm sure they're ready to just throw that right back out there. He's got his clothing line, a production company. He's doing a lot. But he lost a lot. I'd be curious what's going to happen with him. Um, if he really wants to call games or do a pregame show. Maybe in some ways, like what ESPN has done with the Mannings, maybe TB12 needs his own show. Maybe that's where he decides to go. I think that actually might be better than flying around all these places and these different booths. I like that idea. He holds all-time NFL records, regular season wins, Super Bowl appearances, playoff games, wins, playoff yards, touchdowns. I mean, he is the GOAT. And the funny thing is I talked about the GOATs in the other sports. In basketball being Michael Jordan, in hockey being Wayne Gretzky, I couldn't come up with one for baseball. And maybe I just didn't think about it enough. I didn't take enough time to think about it. And I'm not going to do that now. I just, I just can't think about it. I just could not think of what 
baseball player that would be. I just couldn't. I actually was first one that came to mind. Actually, look at me now. I'm going down that road. Is I had Babe Ruth. I had Pete Rose. I had uh, Shohei Otani. Although I know he hasn't done anything, but I had Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter. Uh, I just, I don't know. Just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't think about who that would be. It was just too hard. So, anyway, I hope that Tom Brady will enjoy his retirement and will be able to look back on a wonderful career and be able to enjoy the next chapter in his life. And already everybody's thinking about Patrick Mahomes and, oh, is he the greatest ever? Because look what he's done in his first five years. And there then there were other people like, yeah, don't even start that because Tom Brady won three Super Bowls in his first five years. Like, I don't even want to think about, oh, who's next? Just don't want to think about it. What I also don't want to think about, and it's also sad in that the news came in later that day, and it will in some ways be overshadowed by Tom Brady, is the passing of NFL executive Bobby Beathard. For the longest time, for the longest time, he has been connected with the Washington football team. That's right, that's what I said. He died Monday from complications from Alzheimer's disease. The teams that he shepherded won 10 division titles, four Super Bowls, including the undefeated Dolphins. And But realistically, we know, I mean, that's amazing that you have the ability to say, yes, I was the GM for the undefeated Dolphins team, and then I went to Washington, and they were great. He was a GM there for 78 to 88. Yeah, Joe Gibbs, who I still say to this day, nobody can argue with me. He is the greatest NFL head coach of all time. Three Super Bowls winners, three different quarterbacks. None of them are Hall of Famers. He knew how to coach, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. But I digress. It was just sad to know that But I just I just feel sad when I think of death. And my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And I hope that they are uh remembering him fondly, as I'm sure they are, as we all are. He was uh integral to the success of the Washington football team, and he will be missed. I'm also going to miss football. We only have one more game left. And that's the Super Bowl. I guess you could say we have a second game, which is the Pro Bowl. I'm going to say that for another show. But this is like the sadness of like, oh, all right, last game. 
But before I get to that, I want to talk about the previous games, the AFC and NFC championship. I went one and one in my picks. One and one in my picks. I have Philadelphia at minus two, and they won 31 to seven. I had Cincinnati at plus two, and they lost by three. Now, I know it's been three days since those games were played. You've probably listened to everybody talk about the games and looking ahead to the Super Bowl and arguing who's the best QB and all of that stuff. So I'm not going to belabor it too much. But I'm going to say this. I think the Eagles got lucky. Not that I didn't pick them to win, because I did. But Brock Purdy going out in that first series and having the trot out there, Josh Johnson, who actually was a quarterback in Washington, and he he's just simply not good. That makes me sad, but he's not good. Not sad because he's not good, but sad because what could have been a great NFC championship ended up in many ways being a blowout. When Christian McCaffrey scored that touchdown to make it 7-7, I was like, oh, maybe, but come on. We knew eventually the wheels would fall off. They fell off so bad that Josh Johnson had a concussion. I hope he's okay. And they had to bring back out Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw, but the only backup, 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 the fifth-string quarterback was Christian McCaffrey. And so they put out Brock Purdy, and all he could do was hand off. So we knew the game was over, and the frustrations boiled over to the end of the game. With Trent Williams, or near the end of the game, with Trent Williams throwing down a Philadelphia Eagle player and getting ejected. Like, the inches we need are everywhere. And these players have to know, you never know if tomorrow will be there. You never know if you will get back. You can think you're going to get back. But you never know. And so the 49ers are done. The Eagles win. My brother's happy. This is a historic Super Bowl because of many, in many ways. First time uh, two brothers are competing against each other in the Super Bowl uh, with Travis Kelsey. And why am I forgetting the first name of his brother who plays on the Eagles? Um, First Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid going up against his former team, the Eagles. We could talk all day about the race side of it. And I don't necessarily want to do that. But when you think about how there are still people out there that question the intelligence of a black quarterback. Oh, he's a running quarterback. Can he lead a team? There has to be something underneath the surface when you think of what's going on in, with, in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Ugh, black quarterback, uh, I don't know. Mm. On the flip side, you could say, oh, but look at Cleveland. So it's not, I'm not saying this to say that it's all bad. Not by any stretch. But there is an excitement level that when I think I go back to when Doug Williams was the first black quarterback in the Super Bowl. It was like, wow. 
this is this is new. And years, years, years later. What was that? 91, I think. 22 years later, if I do my math right, 33 years later, I'm doing my math wrong. Or 32 years, man, forget it. I'm off. I'm way off. But now you got two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, and that's pretty cool. The other black quarterback, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, let me tell you something. That rookie Osei that knocked Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, that was a disaster, and I feel for him. There's something that I said right after that. And I was like, first thing in my head was, look, you know your mom said, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say it. Well, really, my grandmother would say that, not my mom. Oh, she was saying all kinds of stuff. It's just a bad play, a rookie mistake, if you will. And you could tell that he, it's like the second I was like, like, oh, what is? what are you doing? When I saw him on the sidelines after the Bengals had lost, it made me really sad to see him crying into his hands, only one teammate consoling him by the time they all walked off into the locker room, mad. It definitely was not Burrowhead. They gave him too much bulletin board material. Patrick Mahomes was not 100%, but he willed that team to win. It's destined. It was destined. And it was a good game. Game winning field goal. I want the Super Bowl to be great. I want the halftime show with Rihanna to be great. Better be great. I think they should trot Stephen A. Smith out there to introduce Rihanna. That would be funny. That would be funny. But I am looking forward to the Super Bowl. It's going to be exciting. And I wish I could watch it with my brothers. But of course what's going to happen is I can't do that because three of us don't really like the Eagles. But my stepmom and my brother do like the Eagles. And... I know that it's just going to be them yelling over top of each other and making my one, my two brothers making excuses why the Eagles, okay, whatever. I'm happy an NFC East team is in another Super Bowl. It's skewed a little bit. It may be more like 42% if I do the math. But at 42%, that's not bad. If you want to talk about the NFC East dominance in by far, it has more Super Bowl appearances than any other conference, the NFC East. They think it's like 42%. And I'm not just counting wins. I'm counting wins or losses, just a Super Bowl appearance, period. So I'm happy the Eagles are back in there. Of course, that also means I'll be rooting for the Eagles. I will. Moving to basketball... I mean, how could I not root for my Wizards? My home team. 
They have the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. Pelicans have the longest losing streak at, at nine in a row. They're fading, unfortunately. The only thing that I am curious about is what the Wizards are doing. No, tanking doesn't mean everything. But if there's one year, it's this one. And we don't have the trade material. Okay, fine. You had to get rid of Rui because you want to save some cap for Kyle Kuzma, who probably doesn't want to play for Washington anyway. So what are we saving the cap space for? But Kuzma's probably going to sign if the money's right. But are we ever going to get that much better? I don't necessarily think so. But then on the flip side, even if you're like, oh, well, but we don't have a superstar per se, although I put Bradley Beal up on that level, but he's not Luka. But at the same time, Luka's there only two games over 500. I mean, part of that to me, and I will always say this, is because you cannot have your point guard be the best player on your team. I think it is less of a team game when you have a point guard whose usage, you just had a ball in your hand all the time. I mean, Luca's doing everything, which is funny. I'm sure that's why he was getting into the, the uh, barbs with the Pistons assistant coach on the sideline, which I found hilarious in the last game. But you have to get, have a good supporting cast. You can't win with a point guard. And I know he's a bigger point guard. So you can say, oh, well, he's not such a, it's not small. But like Steph Curry, it wasn't just Steph. You had, a, in my mind, the NBA 75 greatest player of all time in Klay Thompson. You had Draymond Green as well, who's also, what, like a six, seven-time All-Star? You don't have that in Dallas outside of Luka. You don't have that in Washington outside of Bradley Beal. Maybe Chris Stapps went to one all-star game. You just simply can't win with this team. So why be 500? Why always draft 17th, 14th, 20th? And you could say, oh, well, we may, you know, sometimes you get a really good player. You get a Giannis. Yeah, but the Wizards don't. If you look at all of their draft picks and who's left, I mean, you, I watched the Lakers the other night. They got Troy Brown Jr. They've got Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Russell Westbrook, all these former Wizards on their team. And I know they weren't all drafted. But the one draft pick is Bradley Beal. I would argue that they only had success in terms of the draft with Beal and Wall. That's it. 
They didn't draft Jamison or Butler or Arenas, so they don't count when they were winning. They didn't draft Michael Jordan. When you look at the success of the Washington Wizards in their draft picks, and it's hit or miss for a lot of teams. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But go look at the list of players that were drafted there. Bradley Beal, John Wall. Yep, already said they're good. JaVale McGee. Didn't do well with Washington, but I'm going to tell you what. Three-time NBA champion. Three-time NBA champion. Nick Young has more rings than Wall and Beal. Andre Blatch, if you ever want to have a uh, trivia contest and beat everybody, ask him who was the last high schooler drafted in the NBA. Nobody will get Andre Blatch. Second round, 49th pick. Let's keep going back. Kwame Brown, no. Rip Hamilton, better with Boston, excuse me, Detroit. Rasheed Wallace, could have been good, traded him. Jawan Howard, maybe. Chris Webber was a trade. I mean, come on, y'all. You can't tell me there was a good trade. The funny thing is I can't believe Jamie Dixon was drafted by the Washington Bullets when I was looking back at it. Former University of Pittsburgh. Head coach now at TCU. There was a little uh, clapping back at each other last night after TCU was playing. But I know I'm focusing on a team that you're probably like, okay, whatever. Why do we keep talking about this team? Because I'm just saying you have to go all the way back. To Wes Unseld before you start to think about who was the top player that the Wizards drafted. There's something about it. I can't figure it out. We need that Hall of Famer. We need that jolt. And I will take what you have in Orlando. Right? I mean, look how great Orlando is. And their roster. Okay, they're young. They're growing. But that's a good roster. Cole Anthony, Mo Bombo, Paolo Banchero, Bo Bo, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Caleb Houston, the, the Wagner brothers, Gary, I mean, all right, they're not winning, I'll give you that. But the scariest thing on the flip side with a record of 20 and 31, 
They're nowhere near the bottom. But if you look at like the Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons and the Rockets and the Spurs, they have a chance to get Wimbayama. Watch out. Look how Giannis turned the Milwaukee Bucks franchise around. I'm confused why every team is like, I'm not winning. I'm not winning this year. I'm not winning this year. Wizards, 24 and 26. Man, would be nice. And it's just not going to happen. And I'll root for the Wizards and enjoy them, you know, being in the play-in tournament, maybe getting one of the top six seeds. They're only four games out, so maybe that's a possibility. Could be a possibility. Two more things I want to get to. We I talked already about that missed referee call with Boston the Lakers. Load management. And what happened in the Boston Lakers game to me meshed when LeBron and Anthony Davis decided not to play in Brooklyn. And I'll tell you why. I think it was a protest. I think they were trying to, in some ways, hurt the NBA show their power. Okay. Y'all going to cause us to lose a game? All right. We're not going to play the next game. Oh, of course, they're not going to say that. Of course, they're not. I mean, come on. We know it was, oh, I'm, I. I'm injured. That's what it is. But realistically, no, you're not supposed to say that it was on purpose. But that's what I think. The funny thing is, I think uh, there was a stat where like LeBron and KD have not gone head to head since like is it 2013 or something ridiculous but i think i i personally think that was why it was a way to say hey yeah i'm not feeling good sorry and let me tell you why I, I say that. Because for me, if you're thinking about where the seeding is, right? If you're thinking about where the seeding is in the NBA, and you're like, well, we're trying to get to the playoffs. And you're the Los Angeles Lakers. You're LeBron James. 
and you know you've got some ground to make up two games out of the play-in tournament. You do not say, I'm not going to play in a game. Especially after losing a game like you did to the Celtics. You have to play. Because you're trying to get to the playoffs. You're trying to win a championship. And despite what Kyrie Irving said when... He was talking after a loss to the Thunder in January, right? That the regular season, these are warm-up games. The big performance comes in late April. You just have to enjoy the games winning and losing. No, the NBA has a big problem that the players think the regular season are warm-up games. I'm not going to play. Low management. You can't do that. The regular season has been diminished considerably by what the league has allowed the players and the staffs to be able to do with load management. And I'm okay with it to an extent. It's like, okay, this is this is what they decided. It is what it is. But it's funny, I tweeted five days ago when Richard Jefferson was telling a story about load management and going to go see the San Antonio Spurs play. And I thought it was ironic because to me, the San Antonio Spurs with Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich was the first time load management really became a thing, right? Greg Popovich was, yeah, I don't know, because he's a player's coach. Just felt that he was being smart with his players, elongating their careers, if you will, by not having them play certain games. I don't like it. Because it does make it say, yeah, these these regular season, it doesn't matter. We don't care about the regular season. But at the same time, every team's not going to make the playoffs. It's not necessarily wrong, but I think the NBA's got to find a way to fix it. Maybe it's just the home games. Maybe you just say, look, at home games, we are, you can, you're allowed to sit, but not road games. I don't know. Just something. Unless you are actually injured in that game, you cannot sit out. I just don't like it. And the beauty of what can come out in a positive way was I saw this video the other day of Russell Westbrook walking right past a little kid like, hey, please sign, please sign. And, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook just walked right past him like, I don't care. So what? 
and didn't sign for him. And that's okay. You have a right to do that. But the flip side is the beautiful story of the fan in Miami who didn't get to see Jimmy Butler. And so then Jimmy Butler invites him to another game and comes on the court. I mean, that was just really cool. That was just really cool. And that came out of, you know, Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. A kid traveled all the way from Argentina to see him play and Jimmy Butler misses the game. He didn't play against the Celtics. But his was a lower back injury during warm-ups. And I'll accept that. If you want to do load management, you try to warm up, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. I kind of accept that. But the kid had a sign, said, Dear Jimmy, we flew over 4,405 miles to see you play. Can we get a photo or a big face coffee? Right, because Jimmy Butler likes coffee. Rob Perez, who I follow, you know, he followed up a tweet of his talking about back-to-back nights. Cleveland gets no Steph, no Giannis, no Donovan. Nobody's blaming the players for being injured or managing their bodies, but it's becoming very clear most stars are going to miss double-digit regular season games this year, whatever the reason. But this kid was sitting with his older sister, He was sad. Then Jimmy Butler says, I got you. Gave him some gift, a signed jersey, basketball, some big face coffee souvenirs. Whatever we think about what we should be doing and should not be doing, It's tough because I can't say it from a player perspective, never played the game. But from the fan perspective, it means the world, especially to these young kids, the young fans, the future fans. They want to see their stars play. I want to see the stars play as I get set to take my kid to our first NBA game together as like, Now that he's an older kid and gets the league, like the other day, I went to the Utah Jazz game. He's like, Dad, can you get me something? I messed up. I ended up not getting him a jersey. But maybe this game I will. Funny thing is I could have got him probably a Donovan Mitchell Utah jersey and a Donovan Mitchell Cleveland Cavs jersey, but I kind of wanted to be a Wizards fan. He wears a John Wall jersey a lot. It's an all-star jersey. From 2015, the year he was born. So you want it to be a positive experience. And the NBA's got to find a way to fix this. They also got to find a way to fix the refs. I won't go into it again. I'm enjoying the NBA though. I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying the season as well. As we get close to the trade deadline. I see some teams that probably like, yeah, it's about that time. It is about that time. We're going to have to go on ahead and call it. 
I'm curious to see what teams will call it and which ones won't. Chicago needs to call it. Toronto needs to call it. So if you're Washington, do you can you make another trade? Indiana needed to call it, and then they went ahead and signed Miles Turner again. So I don't know what they're doing, but they're in the 10th seed. Maybe they could do something. Oklahoma City's trying to hold on. Portland, I think they need to call it, but they're not. There may be less buyers, or rather less sellers, this year than ever. Maybe Chicago and Toronto are the only sellers. And even then, Chicago's, you know, right there for the play-in tournament, and Toronto's only a game out of play-in tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what teams say, I don't care, we're out. And which teams say, no, they're going to move on. Maybe you'll get some of that. When I'm looking at the futures right now, Boston is a favorite to win the NBA championship at plus 370. Nets right behind them at plus 600. Warriors at 10 to 1. I guess I got to say 6 to 1 for Brooklyn. 10 to 1 for Warriors. You know, we got some. I like that Pelicans that they could get healthy. So maybe you could still take them at 30 to 1. Who knows? Maybe they'll get back. They can get that three-headed monster going. We'll see. Next episode, I will get into my gut check picks for the Super Bowl. Even though it's two weeks away. I'll give my thoughts on it. That'll do it for... Just for sport, I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just For Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code j for sport and PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.